Please have a seat, brother. Please have a seat if you, if you have one. <laughs> I said that once early in my presidency, and there were no chairs. I couldn't see. The press for Biden, I don't even know whether people can stand or sit. Anyway, it's great to be here. Thank you, Valentino, for that introduction. And, and what you said about the union, you know, I've said it many times. The middle class built America, but unions built the middle class, and that's a fact. <laughs> Governor Evers, Mayor Johnson, County Executive Crowley, thank you all for your warm welcome. And Tammy Baldwin, you're the best, kid. You're the absolute best. If I had another 10 of you, we could rule the world. You'd really thank you for all you do, Tammy. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, no one does a no one does more to create good jobs in this state and to make sure tomorrow's products are made in America. Now, a very quiet, laid-back congresswoman <laughs> who, thank God, is on my side. <laughs> thank God. Gwen Moore. She never stopped fighting for the people of Wisconsin. I love you, Gwen. You're the best. And you got, two, you got a mayor and a county executive. I used to work for the county. I was, used to be a county councilman when I was 26 years old. And I tell you what, I ran for the Senate because it's too damn hard being on the county council. <laughs> Everybody comes up to you and goes, yeah, county, uh, county council, yeah, um, uh, you wonder what we do, huh? Well, the truth of the matter is they do a hell of a lot, and your mayor's doing a hell of a job as well. Look, folks. I apologize because I try very hard to keep my speeches between 15 and 18 minutes. But I got to talk a little bit about Hawaii. I've been on the phone with the governor coming up here and the senators. And, uh, and let, let me say, address that devastating wildfires, some of which are still burning in Hawaii. They've claimed the lives of 99 people so far, and they haven't cleaned things up yet. The deadliest wildfire in more than 100 years. A whole city destroyed. Generations of native Hawaiian history turned into ruin. I've spoken to Governor Josh Green multiple times and reassured him the state will have everything it needs from the federal government. I immediately approved the governor's request for expedited major disaster declaration. That's a fancy word of saying whatever you need, you're going to get. And that'll get aid into the hands of people who desperately need it, who have lost their loved ones, who have lost their homes, their livelihoods, who have been damaged and destroyed. And think about this. All that area they got to plow up, they can't do it now because they don't know how many bodies are there. They don't know what's left. Imagine being a mom or dad, wondering where your child is. Imagine being a husband or wife, a mother or father. It's really tough stuff. Almost 500 federal personnel have been deployed to Maui help communities and survivors get back on their feet. FEMA, search and rescue teams are sifting through the ashes in that five-mile area that you've seen on television has been burned. It's painstaking work. It takes time, and it's nerve-wracking. Most of the debris can't be removed until it's done. My wife, Jill, and I are going to travel to Hawaii as soon as we can. That's what I've been talking to the governor about. I don't want to get in the way. I've been to too many disaster areas. But I want to go make sure we got everything they need. I want to be sure we don't disrupt the ongoing recovery efforts. FEMA Administrator Griswold, who's the best we ever had, I think, was on the ground this weekend. I just talked to her. She's back in the States. 
I have directed her to uh, streamline the process as quickly as possible to help register survivors for immediate federal assistance without delay. To date, FEMA has approved 50,000 meals, 75 liters, 1,000 liters of water, 500 beds, 10,000 blankets, and as well as other shelter supplies for survivors displaced from their homes. FEMA also authorized one-time payments of $700 per household to folks who have been displaced so they can do the immediate things of just taking care of medications and prescriptions that they so badly need. We're working with the state to make sure survivors that have lost their homes have a place to call home until we can rebuild. We're also surging federal personnel to the state to help the brave firefighters and first responders, many of whom lost their own homes, their properties, while they're out busting their neck to save other people. How many have so been so impacted themselves, but they're still working around the clock to put the fires out, evacuate survivors to safety and find the missing? I've ordered all available federal assets on the island to assist local crews, including the U.S. Coast Guard, the Navy Third Fleet, and the U.S. Army. In the immediate aftermath, the Coast Guard and Navy supported maritime searches and rescue operations. The Army helicopters uh, help fire suppression and efforts on the Big Island because there's still some burning on the Big Island, not the one, that, not the one where you see on television all the time. FEMA has deployed more than 140 urban search and rescue personnel as well. And there are so many organizations to thank, like the American Red Cross, helping survivors, missing loved ones, cell phone providers, making sure first responders can make and respond to emergency calls, commercial airlines that have evacuated tens of thousands of people from the island. The list goes on. And the Small Business Administration has dozens of staff on the island and has begun making low-interest federal disaster loans available to Hawaii, Hawaii businesses, homeowners and renters, and nonprofits to help them begin to rebuild just to get by for the immediate near term. And we're going to coordinate, continue to coordinate relentlessly with the people on the ground to make sure the critical work continues. In the meantime, you always hear this phrase, and I've done this so many disasters in my career, it's almost hollow. Our prayers, our thoughts and prayers with the people of Hawaii but not just our prayers. Every asset, every asset they need will be there for them. And we, we will be there in Maui as long as it takes. As long as it takes. And I mean that sincerely. We're going to have more to report on this. But today, I come to Milwaukee to talk about what we're doing to bring manufacturing back home. It's about our progress, building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. You know, we that trickle-down economics, not a whole lot landing on my dad's kitchen table. But when the middle works and the bottom has a shot up, the wealthy do very well. I'm a capitalist. If you make a billion dollars, go make it. I mean it. Just pay a little more taxes than you're paying right now. Eight percent doesn't quite get it. But look, I came to office determined to move away from the trickle-down economics and to focus on the middle class. Because I said, when the middle class does well, everybody does well. Everybody does well. The Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal started calling my plan not initially as a compliment to Bidenomics. But guess what, folks? They're talking about it differently now. It's working. It's working. I'm serious. Because we're investing in America. According to Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, my plan is leading to a boom, they call it a boom in manufacturing. 
and manufacturing investment, as you're seeing right here in this factory. Over 13.4 million new jobs, 150,000 new jobs in the state of Wisconsin. Nearly 800,000 new manufacturing jobs nationwide. More than 20,000 manufacturing jobs in Wisconsin, from Green Bay to Verona to Pleasant Prairie. We've added more jobs in two years than any president has in American history in a four-year term, more in two than any he's done in four. And unemployment has been below 4% for the longest stretch in over 50 years. 50 years. Wisconsin's unemployment rate is just 2.5%. That's lower than it was every single month the prior administration. We've recovered all the jobs lost during the pandemic. We've added millions more. People are coming off the sidelines, getting back into the workplace. Remember a while there, they were saying, well, Biden just allowed people not to work and get paid. Guess what? The higher percentage of American workers are working today than ever before. And while unemployment is down, in case you haven't noticed, inflation is down, too, and it's going lower. Remember, remember what the experts said, to get inflation under control, you needed lower wages and higher unemployment. Not a joke. Those of you economists know that's the economic mantra. To get inflation under control, fewer jobs, more unemployment, that's number one, and making sure that you don't have to deal with, that's what they say caused inflation. But I never thought the problem was too many people working or working people making too much money. And one reason we've seen inflation fall by two-thirds without losing jobs is that we're seeing corporate profits come back to, down to earth. You know, we've done more. We've done, we have more to do with inflation, though. It's just about 3 percent now. It's predicted to go lower than that. We're near the lowest point in over two years. And at the same time, we pay for low-wage workers has grown at the fastest rate in two decades. Wages are growing faster than inflation. Folks, that's Bidenomics. It's about growing an economy by strengthening the middle class. <laughs> and making things in America again. You know, it's in stark contrast to the conservative Republican view, the so-called MAGA view which is focused on corporate profits. They say we should find, and that the, the rationale up to now has been, let's find the cheapest place in the world to make our product. Let's shut down the, corporate, the, the operation in America and send it overseas, and then send the refined product back to America and sell it here. That's their philosophy. But you know who believes that? Your significant senator, Ron Johnson. He believes outsourcing manufacturing jobs is a great thing. He's on record as saying he doesn't agree with American work. This is what he said. American workers should manufacture. He doesn't think they should manufacture products that require a lot of labor. Here's what he said, quote, let the billions of people around the world do that, end of quote. And you wonder why the hell we got ourselves in trouble. Well, we've been letting them do that for too damn long. It's time to build American products in America. 
you can see how Ron Johnson's rationale and mega rationale worked out. Between the year 2000 and January 2021, Wisconsin alone lost more than 136,000 manufacturing jobs alone. I'd like to see Senator Johnson talk about those, to talk to those 136,000 people and tell them it doesn't matter whether you manufacture things at home or overseas. Sure as hell does, man. Not only for those 136,000 people who lost their jobs, but for their families and the communities and the economic growth it generated here at home. Let's take a look at how the Johnson philosophy played out the real time in Wisconsin. Like in Kenosha, about 40 miles from here, there used to be a lot of people assembling automobiles there, making a direct living for their families, generating economic growth for Kenosha until American Motors plant closed in 88. Or take a look at Milwaukee, known as the manufacturing powerhouse for so long. That's when I got to the Senate. I'm, I've been around about 200 years. When I got to the Senate, in 1973, Milwaukee was an, a manufacturing powerhouse. That's how it was referred to. Not a joke. Not a joke. I don't have to tell anyone in this audience how hard people here work. And all of you, all of you, all you've done to keep the city strong. Still, by early 2000, Milwaukee had lost around two out of three factory jobs. 80,000 jobs were gone. 80,000. When those jobs were lost, something else was lost as well. Pride, a sense of dignity. My dad, and I swear to God, this was an expression, you used to have an expression. My dad was a high school educated guy, was well-read and worked like hell. He didn't have a chance to go to college. He used to say, Joey, and this is a God's truth, Joey, your job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about dignity. It's about respect. But being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. That's what a job is about. That's what a job is about. And when the breadwinner in the family loses their job, they lose their pride and the sense of dignity that goes with that. People like Ron believe that it's a good thing, the corporate American bottom line is if that's all you need to look at, it's good for America. Well, that's not my bottom line. From the day I took office, I was determined to turn around with what now they're calling Bidenomics. It's one of the reasons why I fought so hard to write and get past the Chips and Science Act. We used to invest more in science and research than any country in the world. Almost 2 percent of our gross domestic product. Now it's about 7 tenths of 1 percent we invest. We're the best engineers in the world. We're the best scientists in the world. We're the best researchers in the world. What the hell are we doing? Well, guess what? That Chips and Science Act has generated $231 billion in the last 18 months in private investments making semiconductors here in America. And by the way, we, the United States, invented those semiconductors. We invented them when we went to the moon. They're those small computer chips the size of the tip of your finger, affecting nearly everything in our lives, from cell phones, automobiles, to the most sophisticated weapon systems in the world. Let me give you one concrete example. I remember the chairman 
I'm the largest chip maker in the world in South Korea. It's called SK when I was in South Korea. They're investing now $22 billion, billion in America. And I asked them why. They said, God, said, why America? And he said, number one, think of this now, remember it. Number one, there's no safer place in the world to have my investment than the United States of America. And number two, you have the best workers in the world. And he's right. That's, that's the truth. It's about time Ron Johnson's friend understood that. Look, folks, they think you want an IBW. I wouldn't be standing here this time without you guys. But the IBW, they think, average American, they're not being mean or anything. They think, well, to be an electrician, you say, I want to be an electrician. You get a, you get a card. Four to five years of apprenticeship, hear me? Like going back to college, four to five years. You get paid, but not nearly what you get paid when you get your card. You got to talk more about what you do, what it takes to get it done. People aren't trying to be mean, they just don't know. But I'm sure in hell telling them. <laughs> the bottom line is we invented chips here in America. We used to produce them here. We used to produce 40%, and now we're bringing them back home. Thankfully, thankfully. We have people like Tammy Baldwin, who championed, that's the God's truth, by American policies leading to resurgence of manufacturing in Wisconsin and across the country. You heard me say it before. Where in God's name is it written that America can't lead the world again in manufacturing? Where is that written? Nowhere. Folks, nowhere. You got it. Since I took office, we've attracted more than one half trillion dollars. Let me say it again, one half trillion dollars in private investment in American manufacturing and the industries of the future. Spending on construction of manufacturing to manufacturing plants that need to be built. Nearly doubled in the last two years. And you know, that's not just, that's not just the permanent jobs. They're generating growth, economic growth. They're building, look, construction jobs do that as well. We've added 600,000 good-paying construction jobs since I took office. When they build these, these plants to build these chips, guess what? They call them fabs. They're as big as football, long as football fields. That's how big they are. They're gigantic. And guess what? The people who work there, you know what the average salary is in these fabs? $116,000, and you don't need a college degree. What the hell are we talking about? Folks, instead of exporting American jobs, we're creating American jobs, exporting American products. And they're being built right here in Wisconsin and places where factories have been shut down. Look what you're doing here. Enga team came to Milwaukee 10 years ago, thanks to tax incentive and clean energy during the Obama-Biden administration. Then exactly one year ago tomorrow, I signed a significant piece of clean energy legislation combined combating the existential threat of climate change, the single largest investment ever anywhere in the world, without one single member of the other team voting for it. That law reauthorized those clean energy tax credits and expanded them. As a result, this, com this, company, this company predicts that demand for the wind turbine generators 
which they're making right here in this facility, will double next year. <clears throat> and since I took office, the private sector has announced more than $3 billion in investments, not million, billion in investments for wind energy manufacturing in America. And by the way, it's cheaper, cheaper, cheaper than fossil fuels. Cheaper than fossil fuels. And that's not all. Until this year, this company didn't think it made sense to make chargers for electric vehicles in the United States. But then, when I signed the bipartisan infrastructure again, which, which Ron Johnson and his friends didn't vote, they all voted against, that law invests $7.5 billion to build a network of thousands of electric vehicle chargers stretching across the country, including on I-94. By the way, over 500,000 of these charging stations. That's real jobs. That's real money. And by the way, my grandpa Biden, who died very young, he was died in the hospital I was born in six days before I was there, before I was born. He worked for the American Oil Company. His job was to go from town to town, expanding the American Oil Company, building new gas stations. People didn't know where they wanted a couple thousand gallons of gasoline under the ground where they are. What happens if you build a gas station? You end up with something like a 7-Eleven or a donut shop or a drugstore around it. It generates economic growth. We're going to be building these facilities all across America so you can plug in and go the width of the country. That way you can travel coast to coast without worrying about running out of power. Every single one of these charges must be installed by workers certified by the IBEW plan. Every one. That was the condition. Every one. And every single one must be made in America. <laughs> now, there's a provision of law that I thought I knew a fair amount. But I didn't realize, maybe you did, Tammy, but I didn't realize back in the 30s it passed a law that's consistent with international trade, that if the Congress passes a law to spend money and the President has to decide where to spend it, he has to see or she has to spend it on American workers and in America, American products. Well, most presidents, including Democrats, didn't pay a lot of attention to that. But I did. <laughs> and so now, to use a non-American product, you've got to have a real good reason. Prove to me you can't, in fact, get it from an American product. Look, folks, this company concluded that it was an opportunity for them as well. And now they're making fast-charging EV chargers here in America, right in Wisconsin. Their goal is to manufacture 13,000 high-speed chargers every single year. And guess what? To the chagrin of your senator, the other senator, it's going to add 100 good-paying jobs. <laughs> Folks, this is happening across the state. It's a direct result of those clean energy investments I signed in law a year ago. Folks, as I've said for a long time, for a long time, when I think climate, I think jobs. Not a joke. When I think climate, I think jobs. That's the future. By the way, Texas, the state of Texas, a very enlightened governor, a very state of Texas has the significant highest number of wind and solar facilities, I think, of any state in the nation. 
and it's cheaper than, than uh, fossil fuel. He wants to shut them down. Isn't that enlightened? Like the 12 solar energy products in Alon Energy is building across Wisconsin, creating more than 2,000 jobs, local construction jobs. Most of them union jobs and in the process of serving customers in Wisconsin, saving them more than $1.6 billion in energy costs. These are facts, not fiction. And back to Kenosha, which was hit hard by the American Motors when it closed. Now, Paris Solar has broken down on the state, broke down on the state's first large-scale solar and battery storage project in Kenosha County. It's creating 300 good-paying construction jobs. 300. And just today, the company Siemens announced that because of that law I signed and the significant investment we're making in clean energy, they're going to begin manufacturing solar inverters here in Wisconsin. And by the way, American people are going to be learning, no matter how well educated you're going to be learning a lot because I bet most people don't know what a solar inverter is. It converts solar energy from the sun into electricity. Kind of a novel idea, isn't it? How many times did you ever think in those days when you had those real big bills in the winter and a hot day came, well, why couldn't we capture all this? Well, guess what? They're going to be doing a piece of that. Sunlight shines down and the inverter turns into electricity. And they're going to build them just outside of Kenosha. Don't tell me Americans can't innovate. Don't tell me that. Since I took office, I've seen more than $3 billion in private investment in clean energy manufacturing all across Wisconsin. That's Bidenomics. That's investing in America. <laughs> totally consistent with international law and trade agreements. Investing in America means investing in all of America. When I ran for president, I made a promise. But I would leave no one behind, no part of the country to leave behind. I'm getting mad. A lot of Democrats are getting mad at me because we're investing actually more in red states than blue states right now. But they're all Americans. I made a promise. I made a promise no matter where. And folks, red states, blue states, urban, suburban, or rural, all of that will benefit from what we do. That's why I launched the Rural Partners Network to help rural communities, including here in Wisconsin, in my state of Delaware, which is mostly rural, believe it or not, create jobs and economic opportunity. And my administration has invested hundreds of millions of dollars to support small and medium-sized meat and poultry processors across the Midwest, including dozens here in Wisconsin, from Lancaster to Richland Center to Soldiers Grove. This way, farmers can get the best price for their product. They don't have to deal with the only giant processor that pays them less for what they need, what they've done. No, I mean it. And that wasn't my idea. That was the Secretary of Agriculture, the former governor of Iowa. But, folks, that's not all. We're also investing $230 million in Wisconsin to support agriculture that's good for the environment, like planting cover crops that replenish the soil with nutrients and absorb carbon from the air. We're helping farmers, ranchers, foresters get paid for doing the right thing. It's simple, folks. When farmers do well, when the wealth they generate stays in Wisconsin, 
then their children can stay in Wisconsin and find opportunity here and build a stronger rural economy. Investing in America also means rebuilding our infrastructure. The governor talked about how many bridges and roads. I mean, it's amazing. And it's not even been a year yet. It's just been about a year. You know, the last guy talked about infrastructure month. We got infrastructure decade, baby. <laughs> Ten years. Oh, think I'm kidding. They never had one month, but I'm joking. I'm not joking. And by the way, a number of my Republican friends voted against this infrastructure bill, including your distinguished other senator. You know, we used to be number one in the world in infrastructure. But over time, we slipped to the 13th best infrastructure, 13th best infrastructure in the world from number one. How can you be the best economy in the world with a second-rate infrastructure? Not a joke. How can you do that? Well, through the bipartisan infrastructure law, we've already announced 37,000 projects, 4,500 communities across America, including hundreds of projects, as the governor referenced, right here in Wisconsin. Let me give you a couple examples. We're investing $80 million to replace the interstate bridge over the Wisconsin River in Columbia County. That's a major route connecting people in Milwaukee, Madison, and Chicago. And look across town, where union workers are building North Holton Street Bridge, which is nearly 100 years old. More than 10,000 vehicles travel over it every single day across the Milwaukee River. It's dangerous, and this reconstruction is long overdue. You, a lot of you were with me when I was in Pittsburgh. And by the way, the Pittsburgh is a city of bridges, more bridges in Pittsburgh than any other city in America. I watched that bridge collapse. I got there and saw it collapse with over 200 feet off the ground going over a valley. And it collapsed. Thank God school was out during the, during the pandemic. Imagine all the people would have died. They knew for years they had to do something. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to rebuild it. You know, I know everybody kids me because I'm an Amtrak guy. I like rail. Well, I've traveled over 1,280,000 miles on Amtrak. And I know you think that's nuts. I do too, but my... <laughs> the reason for that is when I got elected, I was 29 years old. I was in an office hiring staff, and I got a phone call saying my wife and daughter were dead and my two boys were not likely to live. Tractor-trailer broadsided and killed them. And I didn't want to stay in Washington. So I said they, a lot of really good senators, including a couple of good Republican friends, became friends, said, just come and stay six months, help us organize. Hell, we had, we had 58 Democratic senators already and a Democratic governor. I didn't know any better. But I stayed. And I started to commute every day because having been listed as the poorest man in the Congress for 36 years, true, my wife called me one day and said, did you read the paper today? And I was up campaigning for a guy named Pat Leahy in Vermont. I said, no, honey, I didn't see the Wilmington paper. He said, headline, above the fold. Only a politician's wife would say that. <laughs> Biden, poorest man in Congress. Is that true? Like I was cheating on her or something. <laughs> but I was. And I couldn't afford a house in Washington, and I couldn't afford a house in Delaware. If I sold my house in Delaware, I'd lose the election. So I started a commute. It's only 300 miles a day, but it still takes me an average of four hours beginning to end. 
And so what happened was I, uh, when, when you travel as vice president on Air Force planes, they keep a precise number of miles to travel. And I guess it was in my seventh year or sixth year as vice president, I, there was a headline in the New York paper saying, Biden travels almost uh, 1,200,000 miles on, on Air Force planes, 100 or whatever. I'm getting on the train one day. The Secret Service are the best in the world. They don't like me traveling on the train because there are too many opportunities for people to do bad things on trains. And uh, so I'm getting on a train to go home and see my mom, who was sick and in hospice at my home. <laughs> and this guy, I won't mention his name because I would get him in trouble, but one of the senior guys in Amtrak, who I rode with all the time, comes up and goes, Joey, baby, grabs my cheek. Swear to God, I thought you were going to shoot him. And uh, I said, no, 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 no. I said, what's the matter, Angie? He said, we just, I read this thing about a mil over a million miles on Air Force planes. He said, hell, you know how many miles you travel on Amtrak? I said, no, Angie, I don't know. He said, we just had a retirement dinner up in Newark. He said, you traveled 100, average 117 days a year, round trip, 300 miles a day. 36 years, that's 1,285,000 miles. I don't want to hear any more about the Air Force. <laughs> True story. I swear to God. I'm getting off point here. But anyway, <laughs> but rail saves a lot. Electric rail saves a lot of energy, a lot of energy in the environment. Thanks to the infrastructure law, we're providing $23 million to upgrade modernized Mitchell International Airport, which is going to increase economic activity in Milwaukee. We're also removing every single lead pipe in Wisconsin. Every single one. These lead pipes are dangerous. Some of you may remember, I had a guest at the last State of the Union when I was speaking, and a young woman named Deanna Branch. She's a Milwaukee mom. She had her three-year-old son, Aiden, with her, who was hospital twice for lead poisoning because of lead pipes in her home. Well, guess what? We're removing every single lead pipe in Wisconsin out of the ground. That's a fact. The risk to everyone's health, especially our children's. And then over 250,000 homes and small businesses across Wisconsin don't have access to high-speed, affordable internet. No parent should have to sit outside at McDonald's when we have a, schools are closed to be able to get a McDonald's internet so the kid can do their homework. Not a joke. Well, guess what? They do it, but you don't have internet at home. That's why we're investing over $1 billion in every corner of this state, especially rural communities and family farms, with affordable high-speed internet every single home. <laughs> Folks. All our high-speed internet projects must use products and construction materials made in America. Look, folks, it's really kind of basic. We just decide to invest in America again. That's what it's all about. I want you to see exactly what we're making these investments across the country. If you want to know exactly where they are, you can go on the internet, go to invest.gov, put in your location and find out what's happening exactly what's happened or scheduled to happen. Folks, we've done all this without raising anybody's taxes, making under 400,000 bucks.
My friends talk about the big spend of Biden. Well, guess what? I made a promise. I'll never raise federal tax on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. I kept my promise. And unlike the last president, in my first two years in office, even with all we've done, I'm the first one to cut the federal debt by $1,700,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000
Today, today is not hyperbole. We have the strongest economy in the world. And you're looking at me a little skeptical, but I promise you, check it out. The strongest economy in the world. The highest job satisfaction in 36 years. Our inflation rate has dropped to the lowest among major economy, economic nations in the world. And if we keep it up, it's going to go lower, according to money. All I hear from my friends on the other side of the aisle is what's wrong with America. There's a lot wrong with America, like every country. They tell us America's failing, but they're wrong. Democrats, Republicans, independents, conservatives, liberals. I don't think they understand the average American. Whatever we set our mind to as a country, we've always accomplished. Name me one thing in American history where America stood together and said, we're going to solve that problem. We didn't do it. Name me one. Name me one. There's nothing beyond our capacity. America isn't failing. America's winning. And I'm proud of the historic legislation my administration has passed. They're the right steps not only to get our economy moving again, but to build to the future. But the real hero in this story is all of you, and I mean this since from the bottom of my heart. People of Milwaukee, people of Wisconsin, the American people. Yes, my policy helped create a lot of these jobs and has continued to grow, but you're the ones getting up every single day, walking out that door and doing the work. Yes, my policies have helped create some small businesses. We've created more than any time in history, but you're the ones who decided to borrow the money and take the risk in the middle of this concept. You took the risk to hire workers, fulfilling your dreams. I've long said it's never, ever, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never, never, never. And it's not a good bet today. This is still a country that believes in honesty, decency, and integrity. The vast majority of Americans do. Our political leaders sometimes in both parties don't. We're still a country that believes in hard work. We're still a country that believes in each and every one of us is created equal. We're still a beacon to the world. That's because small towns and in rural American suburbs, big cities all across the country, every ordinary person, people, all ordinary people, do the most extraordinary things. Let me tell you, America's best days are ahead, not behind us. Not because of me, because of you. It isn't about the past, it's about the future. It's about each of us writing the next chapter in American history. I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I've never been more optimistic about America's future, both domestic and foreign. We just have to remember who the hell we are. We're the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity when we do it together. So let's do it together. God love you. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Thank you.